I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London, very much so with Chelsea winning. Yes. Uh, Jules, full Champions League program. We've got so much to get into, so much to look forward to. But let's start at San Siro oh. in Milan. Oh. In the land of everything, Inter beating Barcelona. Simone Inzaghi was in, he was in danger after all those defeats and everything. Um, and they win 1-0. Yeah. All right, let's start with Inter. Does this say anything that they can play worse against Barcelona? I mean, this is all guts and stuff, but... Yeah, it was all about being very strong defensively, a bit of Catenaccio there, Bastoni, De Vrij and Skriniar being very solid. Um, at the back, not playing quite deep, not giving much space to, to Barcelona for them to operate. Very good marking and defending on Lewandowski, for example, who didn't get much service and they did that really well. And then with the ball, it was just like, okay, let's see what we can do. If no Brozovic. No so. Brozovic, yeah, no Lukaku, of course. Gregor Bashanoglu, but, but not much spark, really, with the ball, to be fair. Um, it was all no. about the character, I guess. No, I, th I think they turned this into the kind of grinded out game, which, which Inter don't usually play. True. Uh, what do you feel? So I, I think it's a really, obviously, a really important result for the group. Yeah, massive. Um, but I don't know that it tells us so much about Inter and where Inzaghi is going forward. Uh, as for Barcelona, they're very angry about two of the refereeing uh, decisions. Yeah. Um, I think it's right that they're angry. I don't know if it's quite as clear-cut as some people have made it. Uh, personally, I thought they were the incorrect decisions. Um, let's start with... Uh, let's, let's get these out of the way, actually, mm -hmm. right? So, the... Pedri scores this great goal uh, for the equalizer. Um, the ball kind of ricochets off Onana and then off the tips of Ansu Fati's fingers and then get, goes to Pedri. And that's why the goal was disallowed. Yeah. That was checked by, by VAR. Um, right decision? I, I mean, might disagree. I think it's the right decision. I think Ansu Fati has his hands not in the position where they should be because they're above his head. I know it's an, it's an accidental one, and the new rule that changed in March 2021 said that if, if a handball, accidental handball, then leads to a goal or to a chance for your team, then it's not an offense. However, if, you're, if your hands are not in, the, in an unnatural position, then it's a handball, I'm sorry. And by the way, the ball deflects onto Pedri's path. So it's, it's actually helping Barcelona to score, you know, and I think, I think that was the right, that for me, that was the right decision. I know it's a bit harsh, but it's the right decision. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, 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 I personally thought it was, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I just thought it was a really big call for the VAR to make, given, especially given how quickly uh, it happened, how close they were, the fact yeah, that there was a deflection true. beforehand. The fact, as you said, it's clearly not deliberate. It's not a spirit of the game thing. I get the unnatural position thing. Yeah. But, you know, um, the Dumfries handball at the I end. I mean, that's the one really I don't get. So this is not on the referee because the referee, you, you cannot expect the referee to you make that call, it. right? No, I can't see it. This is on the VAR. Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, Van Bockel. Uh, he sees it and he decides that it doesn't need to be reviewed. To me, that's that's weird. But is it because you think there's not, there's, not, there's not a footage where you clearly see that he touched his hand? So you can't say to the ref, I think it's a clear and obvious mistake that you made by not giving it. Come and have a look. You will see and you can give it. Is it because there's no, there's not, uh, do you see what I mean? Or is it because you see the ball changing direction, right? So it hits something. It was some suggestion, though, did it hit the, um, I'm, I'm blanking who the, who the player, the other player was, but, you know, did it hit his head or did it hit Dumfries? To me, it seems pretty obvious that it hit Dumfries. I maybe I felt there wasn't so. enough, but um, all that said, Barcelona, just the two shots uh, on goal in the game. Uh, Lewandowski not seeing much of the ball. This was yeah. not a good performance. They played from terrible. Barca. I mean, clearly the the only plan that they had was give the ball to Usman Dembele and let him do his things. I think they had 34 crosses. 34 crosses when when the cross led to nothing. Dembele on his own at 20, I think he hit the post. To be fair, and I think he had the the other shot on target, and, and that was it. And I'm I'm sorry, you can't go to uh, Inter side in crisis. That we, you would expect them to defend and defend deep and defend well, have a lot of density in, in, yeah. in the center of the park and not come up with a game. If you're Xavi, this is, this is on you to start with. And this is very disappointing that you didn't find the keys and, uh, and a way 
of breaking down this inter, well, inter defense? A wise man um, once told me that we always need to look at football games kind of in, in threes. The last match, this match, and the next match. Yeah. And all these things are somehow interrelated. And if we're going to continue with Barcelona, um, the last match at the weekend was a match where obviously he he's affected at the back because there's no Kunde, there's no Araujo. But he, he, he played Christensen and Pique. He made some changes. They weren't great, apart from the goal from, yeah. uh, from Lewandowski. But it looked as if, right, we're thinking ahead. We're preparing yeah. for this game. We're going to have the right formula for this game. We did not see the right formula in this game. You said this was this one's on Xavi. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, I think he failed to to find a way of beating this inter team by playing better, by creating more chances. Clearly, um, the obsession with Dembele, which I mean, I love with Dembele, it's not a problem here. But there's a point where one is too predictable. Two, I'm not sure how effective 34 or 32 crosses in a game against the beast that Bastoni, Scrinia and the right are, especially in the air, is if you're Barcelona. I mean, you know, you've got, I said on the FC show yesterday, and maybe I was being a bit mean, but like, what, is this Stoke City? Like Tony Pulis, Stoke City? Do you have Peter Crouch in the box and you can you know, throw the ball or, you know, Marcelo Salas? You know, you don't have that. It's not Lewandowski who's going to win every single header against Bastoni, the right and Scrinia, let alone Gavi and Pedri and Nansu Fati and those kind of players, right? Well, I think especially when you have the ballers for, as the kids say, in the middle of the park in terms of Pedri and Gavi. Yeah. The people who are able to, you know, to go in and kind of pass around people. I know it's difficult. You've got three tall center backs, right? So obviously you yeah, want to use the flank. Yeah, five as well. You know, sorry? And five in midfield for Inter too. So of like, it's very, very... But you can also, you know, there are other ways to play it. You know, you look at what Pep does with the cutbacks. You know, that, that seems to be the obvious one. You also have the option of Kessier, who, different player, maybe bring him on the bench. He brings up physicality with, with yeah. the run from midfield and the finish. Um, it just became very predictable. I'm Absolutely. also wondering whether, in certain cases, you're also not better off switching the wings here, playing Dembele on the other wing. Yeah, although he can't cross the ball then. That's the only thing. Well, well he can, I know, but not but, as good as on the right side. But he can side. come inside and shoot, at least yeah, give you true. something different. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. But that's why I, th I thought they liked creativity, they liked ideas, they liked a, a plan. And clearly the, the only plan again was Dembele. There was no, how can you have no plan B with the players that you have? How did they prepare for this game? Because you could have easily said, okay, I guarantee you, Inter have the back to back to the wall is that you say yeah back to the wall back to the wall this is what they're going to do they're going to be so solid they're going to be quite deep they're going to be so compact they're going to wait for Barca to come in the in the center of the pitch which is what Barca do really you, we could have we could have all foresee that and yet Xavi seems like he had not prepared for the game at all and I was just very disappointed and Maybe he, maybe he would have been happy with the draw, and maybe in the end they're unlucky not to have got a draw with, with the Dumfries handball especially. But I just thought overall it was not good enough. And now it's him who have their back to the world because they have to go back home next week against Inter, where Inter will easily be happy with the draw and play for a draw in the same way that they did this week. And then if Barca don't win that game, they're in big trouble and it's Europa League for them again. Yeah, we're going to get into that uh, in a minute, how this group might play out. But I want to bring it back to Inter for a second, especially in terms of the choices he made in, in, in the middle of the park, right? So Brozovic goes out. Brozovic is the playmaker, yeah, the, the, the point guard, right? At the weekend, he played Aslani. And I think it was Aslani's first start of the season. Aslani's a young player, uh, comes from Empoli, is you know a very talented player. Mm. Inzaghi, when it comes to young players, like some old school Italian coaches, always like, oh, no, I'm worried he gets criticized. He plays Aslani in that role. Interlude to Roma. Simone Inzaghi says, well, the funny that we lost because this was actually one of our best performances of the season. Yeah. Some might disagree. Marco that. said that as well. But I can assure you, Aslani was not the problem. Yeah. Aslani was not the problem in that game. But the perception still, oh, young player, uh, Barcelona, Champions League, oh, can he be trusted? We need to break out of this mentality. Yeah. Every single freaking week, we see teams from Germany, uh, from England, from Spain. Not being fearful with the kids. Let the guy play. I know. And look, in the end, it worked out for him. But you're right. He played Mkhitaryan instead in midfield. 
You can say, oh, look, it's a five-man midfield. Well, it's only a five-man midfield, but it's not really because the yeah. back and the other wing back are, are, are back chasing the wingers, right? That midfield, Barella, Shalanoglu, and Mkhitaryan, you know, we, we, these aren't three Roy Keens there, right? I mean, Barella will put himself about. Yeah, yeah, they would have. But it's not hard, natural yeah, for yeah, yeah. Shalanoglu and Mkhitaryan to just sit and defend and break up play. No. So I actually thought that midfield, that is where they were vulnerable. And mm. you can play through that midfield. Yeah, look, I, I'm not having a go with them. They, you know, they, they sacrificed themselves. They were heroic. Yeah, and they but they so weren't doing, they were out three. of position for, for what they naturally do. Yeah, you're right. That's true. And to me, that that is a big mistake that, that Xavi made, like a serious mistake, because you could have... You could have run them ragged in the middle of the park. And you do that enough times, as we've seen. As Xavi knows from the history of, of Barcelona and the position that he played, you, when you have ball. that, you have the ability, you move players out of position, that's how you create chances. Yeah, and Barca made it easy for Inter and that midfield and that defense to, to cope with... I mean, I think they had 72% of the ball in the first half and did nothing with it, Barca. It's just, I was just very surprised and very disappointed. They've looked good in La Liga. They're, they're top for the first time in two and a half years. They haven't lost in 18 or 19 games away from home in the league. And I just expected much better, you know, even with the injuries that they have, I expected much, much better from them. And we can go back again to fullbacks. Are the fullbacks good enough? Whether it's Balde or Marcos Alonso or Jordi Alba, and then on the right-hand side, Sergio Roberto, whoever you want. Because at some point, when you play against a block like the one from Inter, you also need a lot from your fullback that they didn't get in that game. You, yeah, and, and you need the ability to overlap. I mean, as you know, I'm a Marcos Alonso fan. I don't know to what degree Marcos Alonso fits in this Barcelona, in the sense that you can say, yeah, he's different, so that's why he's there, because he gives you something different from Jordi Alba. Sure, but is it different at the cost of essentially creating a situation where defensively you're always going to be vulnerable? You know, he's, he's a tremendous crosser of the ball, yeah, tremendous yeah, yeah. header of the ball. He's not the greatest passer in tight areas. He's not super fast. Yeah. He's never going to run past people, you know. No, it, these are choices, and I thought in this one it, he kind of made the wrong choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, projecting forward in this group, uh, actually, no. Before that, I want to get your take on this because people in Barcelona got all bent out of shape. Alessandro Bastoni, who I love, <laughs> um, he or whoever runs his social media, yeah, published a picture on Instagram, which. You know, it's it's an action photo of Bastoni during the game, and it kind of you know shows him. He's kind of like standing up and looking intense and everything, and you know celebrating the victory. But if you look on the side of the picture, you can see kind of Gavi's head, and Gavi's kind of he's either falling yeah, or he's like he's, he's like he's like on the ground. He looks he's got a really unhappy face. Uh, and if you look closely, I mean, it certainly looked to me as if he also has a he's also kind of pulling him by the shirt yeah. as he's right now. Yeah. So people say, oh, it's disrespectful to Gavi and so on. He's trolling him. Now, first of all, a bit like that. Okay. This doesn't fit Bastoni's personality. No, true. All, right? no, it's it's, no, it's if not. it were at the Matrix, I would say, oh, yeah, he meant yeah. that and he loved it, right? Where it's Sergio Ramos, I would yeah, say, oh, yeah, yeah. 1,000%. But this is not, uh, but is it really that disrespectful? Like, well, you can't. There are other uh, players. How many photos do you think Bastoni could pick from that night? A thousand. Yeah. Where yeah. him celebrate with his teammates, celebrate after the goal, celebrate after the win. Uh, in the dressing room. <laughs> hey, hey, he could pick anything, really. You can imagine they would have hundreds of him. And yet he picked the one where you could easily make fun of Gavi because Gavi doesn't look great and he's on the floor, he's falling. And, and Bastoni looks so dominant. And, he's, and you're like, really? Why? Gavi looks like, does look like a child in the picture. Like. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I, yeah. But you're right. It doesn't really fit Bastoni's personality and elegance in general and all of that. So I, I did wonder. I was a bit like, oh, come on. The stock answer here is that they use this for for motivation and the return leg. But I'm curious, if you're Bastoni now, if you were advising us, you know, let's say he's like, you know, ringing us up and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, Alessandro, what's that? You know, like, and he says, yeah. guys, I didn't mean it. You know, my cousin who runs my social media, whoever it was, <laughs> picked the picture. I wasn't really paying attention. I proved it. Um, should you apologize to Gavi? Should you issue another statement? Does that keep this thing back in the media unnecessarily? Or do you just kind of move on? Yeah, you move on maybe. You don't want to give it 
Do you more text now, I guess. You text Gavi and be like, hey, by the way. Yeah, maybe I don't know that's if you're the right thing to do. You're right. I think that's probably better. Call him and say, listen, it was it was a mistake or it was this yeah. or it was that. Okay, so Bastoni, in case you're wondering, this is how you handle it. This yeah. is how I would handle it. Yeah, yeah, free definitely. advice on the Gavin and Jules show. Yeah, yeah. Just message Gavi. I'm yeah. sure. This is I'm his sure. number, plus three, four, six, one, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> message Gavi and say, listen, I don't know if you were if you were upset or if it's just a message, you know, making something bigger than it was. I, I really didn't mean to troll you in the game, after the game. Uh, I probably shouldn't yeah, have chosen that right, picture. You don't want to have um, a reputation either. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And just, just leave it there. And you do it privately, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Do it publicly. Bad yeah. idea. And just don't yeah. tell anybody you've done it. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, right, so let's look at the group and sort of the longer-term implications about Barcelona. And you said, Europa League, all right, let's wait and see. But no, there's a risk. I there's mean, there's, there's definitely a risk. a risk, right? So Barcelona host Inter uh, next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's pretty obvious, right? If Barcelona, I'm sort of going to role-play here, but if Barcelona win that game, and we expect Bayern to beat Victoria Pilsen away at this stage as well, yeah. then it's going to be Bayern 12 points out of the equation, and then it's Barcelona uh, and Inter on six points. That's right. And so then, unless Barcelona beat Inter by a wide margin, then it comes down to results in the final two games. Yeah. So then that Bayern-Barcelona game becomes really big, and that's going to be match day five. Yeah. And Bayern being Bayern, they're not going to sit there and be like, oh, look, we're safe. Because they're not mathematically safe at that point. No. But I, do, I don't think they're going to lie down for Barcelona. Definitely not. That's for sure. I do, however, think that in match day six, yeah. if Bayern get a point against Barcelona, which is entirely possible, match day six, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a whole load of of Choupo-Moteng and like, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of... Stanisic. And, yeah, Stanisic. Yeah, and all if we guys. see all those dudes. And you know what? It's fair enough. Because this crazy season, Completely. this crazy thing, they will have had the. Um, well, I guess they had the classicer before that, but 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 still, like, I, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And these these I, games, I mean, th that has to be the risk of Barcelona. You have to treat this inter game. It's not, it's not just the inter game. You have to look past that to yeah. to that Bayern game. You need a point against Bayern, I think. Yeah, you might need that. You might need more, even if you don't and, beat Inter next week. Let's not forget the Classico comes four days after that. Game against Inter at the Camp Nou as well, uh, and I, I, I don't want to. I'm not trolling Barcelona fans here or anything, but this is a big reminder of the Benfica game of last season, in the group stage where they had to win as well at, at the Camp Nou at home, uh, and and Xavi and his teams could could not do it, and and I think the pressure would be massive. You expect a reaction anyway. They can't play as bad as they did on on Tuesday again, being in front of ninety thousand of their fans. But what if Koeman comes back? If what? what if Kuman comes back? You said they can't possibly play as bad as they did. Well, yeah, but like not, not, you know, not now with Xavi and this team. No, I don't think so. So he's got a week. Inter, he's got, Inter are going to play exactly the same. And I don't know if Brozovic will be back. I don't, I don't know exactly if, if, if anyone can come back. But he may well, Inzaghi may well keep the same starting 11. And you know yeah, that. I think that would be a mistake. And, but you know, in the mindset, certainly. Yeah, in the mindset. These they are football job, people. They could do the Italian job and go and get a nil yeah. draw, and that would be an amazing result for yeah. Inter and change the whole dynamic of the group. So, I mean, I really hope for Xavi that this time he prepares the game better and find a better way of playing because otherwise it could be a very, very difficult game. And if you don't win that, it could be a hell of a week. If you're Simone Inzaghi, by the way, um, you've made the call on Anna in the Champions League, Handanovic in the league. Hananovic has been extremely up and down. Yeah. But he's also a senior figure at the club and everything. Should you just bite the bullet and just play Onana in the league as well? I would. Uh, I don't think that rotation is good anyway. To alternate one in the Champions League. We saw that before with other clubs. We saw that at Chelsea. We saw that at PSG. I'm not sure it's, it's good for any of the goalkeepers. I'm not sure it's it brings much value. Your defenders have to adapt every time to a different goalkeeper that plays in a different way. And especially Handanovic and Onana are pretty different. Especially yeah. when, when you have the ball in terms of distribution, how high you play in front of your line, all of that. See, I, I, I find it fascinating because I think this is a huge call Inzaghi needs to make. I, for me, based on ability, I would go Onana. But I would have gone Onana from day one of the season. Yeah. However... 
this is a veteran dressing room. Handanovic has been there a True. long time. True. You need to evaluate how things go. If you drop Handanovic and Onana has a howler, then it could cost yeah, yeah, you your yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 interesting. It's yeah. one of those things that um, that kind of adds a whole a whole layer to the decision making process. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash G-A-B-J-U-L-S now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Barca and enough Inter. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Manchester City hammer Copenhagen 5-0, but Jules Erling Holland only scores twice. I suppose this is why Pep Guardiola <laughs> replaced him, yanked him at halftime as a punishment. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised he started, to be honest here. I thought this was the perfect game to rest him. Maybe you want to keep the dynamic on and you want him to keep scoring even if it's just for 45 minutes because you knew he was going to score. It took him seven minutes to score on his first touch. He hadn't touched the ball before and his first touch is a goal. It's ridiculous. At that point, 20 goals in 22 Champions League matches. He could have had a hat-trick because the own goal as well. He was right by the guy yeah. with, with, uh, Sholo, with the own goal. Yeah, yeah Shokolova or whatever his name. I mean, City were too good. I mean, Copenhagen are really, really bad and City were too good. Good to see Julian Alvarez scoring his first Champions League goal. Good to see some of the kids, Jack Grealish again, very, very good in that game, clearly having his mojo back and he's I, happy, he's happy again. You know, it's funny with Holland, um, I heard an interesting description. I, I, I need to decide if I if I like this or not. It seems kind of artsy and contemporary. You know, I, I want to run it by you. So on television, you know, on Italian TV last night, they were saying, oh, look, he's like a superhero, right? Yeah. Uh, Erling Holland. And uh, my colleague, Paolo Conto said, no, he's not a superhero. He's one of those heroes from Fortnite. He kind of looks like one of those Fortnite people. Superheroes, <laughs> those are our generation. People read comic books and cartoons. Like, he is of the Fortnite generation. Yeah. Now, I'm told Fortnite's also a little dated. But I kind of like that yeah, sort of idea. I agree. The way he looks. But then he also has the, you know, anyway. Wow. That was incredible. Okay. Stick, sticking oh, sorry, with Alan, Gav, this is your question. Pep Guardiola said that he has no release clothes. In his contract at City, denying reports from Spain that suggested that he did have one and that he was plotting a move to Real Madrid in 2024. What do you think? I, like, I, I genuinely don't know. Right? People lie. People have reported this before. He had a release clause. I do wonder if you're Mino Rayola, the late Mino Rayola and you know, the, the people who work with him, and you're negotiating this move, um, you have all the power. Yeah. Why wouldn't you push for a release clause? Like he did with Dortmund. When Even 200 million. Yeah, exactly. Like he did it before with Dortmund. Yeah. And if you're a city, you're confident. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Put a release clause in. We'll just extend your contract in a couple of years or, 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 or whatever. You know, we will find yeah, you a must way. you confident that you would If we're happy, yeah. yeah and if we, happy. we will keep you here. So I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they didn't at least try to push really hard for a release clause. Bifika and Paris Saint-Germain draw 1-1. Jules, I love that Messi goal, and I assume you did too. Oh, man. I was doing the, the goal show on BT Sport on English television here, and it, it was one of my game, and I was about to talk about Manchester City, and I was watching the two screens on the show, and, and then Messi, Neymar, and Mbappé did this triangle of love, triangle of magic, triangle of happiness, triangle of anything you want. And he finished it with that incredible shot at a time where PSG were under pressure because Benfica started the game really well and could by then have been 2-0 up easily. Um, you saw the best of PSG in that goal. And some of the things they did in that second half, where well, I thought they had a, 
a, a good control over the second half. But then a lot of the things that they still need to work on because defensively they were unbalanced. They were no. far too exposed again. And Benfica had four big chances that Donnarumma Benfica are a really, really they're good so side. Good. They're, 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 they're very much real. And on the Messi goal with a finish. When, so I... I was at Chelsea last night, and, and they showed it on uh, on, on the big screen, and, and I'm like, oh wow, that reminds me of the goal, or that that finish reminds me of like Messi's finish against. And then I was thinking, my set, I'm like, I've seen Messi finish like that. Goals like hundreds that. of times. Ah. That's what happens when you've scored like that many goals. Yeah. There will be finishes. That, you know, things start to repeat. Yeah, and what a season he's having so far. Liverpool switched to a two-man midfield and beat Rangers two 0 Gab, is this the way forward for club? It was just a one-off. Maybe Rangers two 0 Two set pieces. Obviously, you know, Rangers are what they are. Liverpool yeah. dominated them. I, but I don't think it was something where, you know, you look at it and you said, oh, Liverpool should have won six or seven nil. No, not at they all. They had a lot not of chances, though. They had a lot of chances. They also had that uh, at the end. Rangers tried to, you know, ne nearly got back into the game. You had yeah. Simica saving off the um, off the line. It looked to me like Rangers, like, they went one nil down after Trent scored the, the very nicely taken free kick. Very nice. Um, and then Rangers were like, okay, our strategy is to let's preserve the one goal thing and then make a lot of changes later to try to get back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what Gio's thinking. But two-man midfield, there were reports as well that he was unhappy with Fabinho. I don't know if that's true. I don't think you can play a two-man midfield without Fabinho going forward. Like, I think you can do it against Rangers at home in this situation uh, and in emergency situations, but this team is better in 4-3-3, I, I, I think, 100%. So you don't think the 4-3-3 was part of the problem? No, I don't. I, I, not when you have Henderson and Thiago and they're fit, you know, yeah. if you have other situations where other people need to come in and you don't have the same confidence, then fine, you know, go four two three one, play Henderson and Thiago or Henderson and Fabinho, whoever you like, have the cover, you know, so you're covered at the back and press the other way. But going forward, no, I, I, I don't think this is something, this is something you're going to do against bigger teams. Graham Potter wins his first Champions League game as Chelsea destroy Milan 3-0. Jules, this was extremely one-sided. Yeah, more than we thought, Gab. I know Milan had some big players missing, of course, Theo and McManion and, and others. Um, I still didn't think they, could, they would play that badly. I didn't They're think really that bad. Chelsea would be so dominant, even if position is pretty much similar. Uh, but it was really one-sided. I don't even think that Chelsea had anything very special. They were just very solid and took their chances and benefited a lot from the mistakes by yeah. Milan. Bad mistake from, from Tomori oh, uh, on, on the second on the goal. goal. Yeah, look, I mean, in the end, if you break it down, right, the first goal is this crazy goal mouth strangle, and yeah. the second one's a bad mistake from Tomori, and the third one was, is, is, is Balotori, who, by the way, is not good. It's not good. Um, Tijinho Dest also a poor game on the other side. Jabal just never went out to him. Uh, but I like, the Pioli, I like the fact that Pioli didn't want to find any issues. He said, well, yeah, we, we didn't play as well as we should have done. And that's it. It's not about players missing. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, I like Chelsea are a better team, a better place. I think there's still... I still, I still would have a lot of questions for Graham Potter going forward yeah. because I think he's still learning. Aubameyang at center forward. I know he scored. He scored at the weekend and whatever. He's just not involved yeah, in the game. And it's yeah. his natural play to not be very involved. But in a Potter team, a center forward, yeah. you know, you're asked to do more. Um, I'm with you on that. I, I, a lot of questions, but. Cool. And Wesley Fofana getting injured could be a bad injury and that could be a big blow. But sticking with Chelsea, Gab, Angola Conte is back in training. But he has yet to extend his contract, with expire, which, which expires in June, sorry. He's been linked to various clubs as always. Are you surprised that this has not been sorted yet? No, because it would make sense to me that if I'm N'Golo Conte, I wait. I yeah. wait to prove my fitness because the reality is right now, if you're N'Golo Conte's agent, you walk into Chelsea, um, you know, they hold up your medical record and be like, sorry, how many years you want to sign up for? I mean, I mean Chelsea say they yeah, want to get the deal done, but it's a question of at what number and on what terms do I get the deal done? If you're Conte, best thing you can do is get back to fitness, go to the World Cup, prove yourself. And then in January, if you want to stay at Chelsea, stay at Chelsea. If you want to go somewhere else, Go somewhere yeah. else. So I, I think it's pretty much inevitable. Tottenham Hotspur follow up on the Derby defeat with a scoreless draw away to Eintracht Frankfurt. Jules, the point is okay. The performance, not so much. No, no, it's all Gab. Conte kept the same starting 11, exactly. Then against Arsenal, which I was a bit surprised with. He even talked maybe about having a 3-5-2 a instead of the 3-4-3. The, the the, the uh, instead, it was the same 11. And yeah, they had two de decent chances in the first half where Son should have hit the target and Kane as well. But apart from that, there was nothing. And yeah, the defensive, the defensively, they were okay. They were solid. But that's what we explained after the derby as well. This, that's what yeah, they can do, of course. That's same. what he's good at. But for the rest, they would need to find more creativity. 
Napoli wins 6-1 away at Ajax. That's 6-1. Tennis score. Gab, you wrote about this. Instead of rebuilding, they decided to reload. And it's paying off handsomely. Top of Serie A, perfect in the Champions League. One of the best teams in Europe right now with City. Maybe. Well, it was interesting. And so Napoli playing Ajax was the, that, that, that great picture of, yeah, like, you know, Cruyff and Diego Maradona up in heaven watching the game together. And, look, Ajax, obviously, another team that were absolutely gutted in the summer with, with everybody who mm. left. Um, but this is huge. This is decisive. They're the top scorers in the, in, in the Champions League. 3-3. Um, three three. Everything they're doing is right. And they're doing it without Victor Seaman, who, of course, yeah. got injured in, in the first half, in, in the first group game uh, against Liverpool. Uh, I don't know that there's a formula, but the reason I wrote this piece was this is what teams who are kind of just outside. You have in football right now, we have such an imbalance, right, where the top eight or ten teams can pretty much hang on to their best players year after yeah. year. Uh, or if they let them go, you know, just one guy who leaves. Everybody else are stuck in a situation where they do well. They're hanging on to the best players means either spending a lot of money or having to make a serious sacrifice. They can't do it. And then when you leave, what do you do? Do you rebuild or do you reload and try to stay on that level? If you try to stay on that level and you get it wrong, then it's problems. But yeah. if you rebuild and you're out of the Champions League, which Napoli, I think, would, be, would have been if they just gone with younger players, uh, then you lose revenue and then it's hard to continue growing. I think so far... They've mastered it, and well. they've been fantastic. Yeah. Real Madrid down Shakhtar 2-1 as Vinicius and Rodrigo get on the score sheet. Jules, did you see progress from the weekend? I saw some good moves, and I think the Vinicius goal was fantastic, by the way. Benzema, Rodrigo, Vinicius, all of that. I saw some Benzema chances. was better. Yeah, but they're still not clinical enough. And, and in the end, they had a little scare because Shakhtar scored an uh, amazing goal to come back in it, and then... Modric had a good run. Maybe he should have taken a shot earlier. And in the second half, at times, he looked a bit like... Because he only was only 2-1 mm. up when it should have been 3 or 4 easily. So, in the end, they won again and it's, it's okay. But let's find the, the efficiency again very soon. Gab Shakhtar came off the pitch to a standing ovation from the Bernabeu. It seems like fans were really moved by this story. Yeah, we've touched upon this before. And I know some people might say, oh, war fatigue, let's not talk about this. But I say no. Let's remind people of mm -hmm. what conditions Shakhtar Donetsk are, are, are playing in. Um, this is also Dario Serna uh, gave, gave an interview in the Spanish press. And he kind of reminded people that, hey, guys, we take an eight-hour bus drive to drive to Poland to get to an airport whenever we go away from home. Uh, we lost... 14 players, something crazy yeah. like that, uh, when the war started. And I like the, the guy who scored that goal. It was a very nice goal. Yeah, lovely goal. But his story as well. He's actually from Donetsk, right? He came through the youth ranks at Shakhtar Donetsk, wasn't good enough to play for them, went on loan to Mariupol, of course, yeah. sadly flattened by the bombs, ended up playing in Hungary, kind of a no-name, not good enough for Shakhtar Donetsk the way they were. But then when the war starts, he's like, no, I'm going to go home. You know, I can't, I'm not going to fight, but I, I can play. Yeah. I want to play for my club. They brought him back in. He scored that great goal. Um, I, think it's, I, I think it's a wonderful story. I think it's an inspirational story. And I'm, I'm encouraged that it resonates like this with football yeah. fans. Yeah, that's and destroy Victoria Pills in 5-0. Jules, is there really <laughs> much to say here? No, apart from the fact that uh, we saw some really nice goals, Leroy Sané and that first touch for his, for his second, for example, or even his first one was pretty cool as well. Uh, Sadio Mane also on the score sheet. So business as usual, really, for yeah. Bayern. They were standing in Victoria Prison. Not very good. Gab, five teams are perfect so far in the Champions League. We mentioned Napoli, Bayern, Manchester City and Real Madrid. We should give some love as well to the other club. They have won three out of three after the victory over Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I was, know what you're going to say as well. <laughs> it was a club that some people, i.e. Jules, didn't believe it. Because, oh, Philippe yeah. Lamar is gone. Charles de Quetelet, what are they going to do? It doesn't matter. I You've mean, got Simon Mignolet. He hasn't conceded a single incredible. goal. You've got, you. oh, and of course you have Mr. Champions League, Hans Van Aken. I love the Bruce story. Three for three. They're making Jules incredible. look bad incredible. with his predictive powers. Uh, no, They've I, been surprising you. They're surprising even themselves. <laughs> I know. It's, I, like, I, I don't want to pick on it. Like, I don't think we're great. Uh, but I thought this was very much a deserved win yeah, for Bruges. It was. It was. I mean, it was a wild start to that game in, uh, in Marseille. Uh, my man Igor Tudor winning yeah. his first Champions League clash. And Sporting are beating 3-1. What about Ruben Almarino saying he's so brilliant, he's so smart, he's so clever? I know. I, are we all going to blame this all on, on, on Adan's brain fart? Crazy, the yeah, the red car. Not just that, in an empty stadium because Marseille was uh, sanctioned playing behind closed door. He was 4-1 even in the end with an Mbamba goal. Just Marseille benefiting again from big mistakes, 
from Adan, from all the defense of Sporting, and being really good, and they needed that because they had lost 16 in the last 17 Champions League matches. Okay, but, uh, yeah, but they, they, they're doing pretty well in Ligue 1, right? Yeah, just, best just, start just since right 1991. Behind. So, yeah. yeah. Juventus beat Maccabi Haifa 3-1, and Di Maria dishes out three assists. Gab, is that all it takes? Well, if Max Allegri were here, he'd say, yeah, hey, look, say? you know, if my injured players come back, if you have better players, you win. It's not <laughs> down to coaching and tactics. It's just, uh, yeah, I wouldn't get too smug about this. Oh, and Allegri also really doubling down at the end. He said, like, you know, because you've played well for a spell and they had a tough spot. Like, yeah, you know, we played really, really well. And then, you know, towards the end, Maccabi Haifa had some chances. That's because... You know, we tried to be a little too pretty, a little too slick with our passing. You know, what should just double down so, again? I mean, you know. Bonucci came on for Quadrado at some point, so it was but, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, look, Maccabi Haifa, not very good. You had to do this. Di Maria can deliver like that. Vlaovic, after an early miss, came back into it. That's important. Um, win the return leg, get back into it on six points, and. And see if you can beat Benfica at this yeah, stage. That's, that's pretty thing. much what it's all about. Yeah. Two wins in a row gives you confidence, though. Jude Bellingham scores a wonder goal, and Borussia Dortmund trounce Sevilla 4-1. Jules, Yusufa Mokoku finally played up front in place of Anthony Modeste. Like I suggested. Like, said. like many people suggested. It showed, yes? Oh, my God. It was so good. And I wrote, we wrote about it in our little mid midweek review on the website. But that touch on the Adeyemi goal was insane. It's a first touch. It's also a sombrero backwards. And then he has a shot saved by, by Bruno. And then it's a tap-in for Adeyemi. Amazing. I really hope. And I mean, he should start the Classica. He has to start the Classica. Um, well, I, it's upset. Like, honestly, I, I'm, there's I'm, no I'm way channeling my cannot. thoughts to Aiden Terzic. Would you charge, would you, like, okay, you get the logic of Modest because you're playing in smaller, weaker center backs. You're not. You're playing against... Delict and Upamecano, yeah. right? Yeah. They eat Modest for breakfast. Exactly. You're not going to beat them exactly. with a big man. You beat them with a little, exactly. little, little man like Mukoku who runs around and creates stuff for others. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, well done, Jude Bellingham, third youngest ever captain in the Champions League. And we knew Julian Lopetegui was in serious You know what? Sorry, sorry, Jopper. One day when I make my millions, I'm going to buy a Champions League club. Yeah. And I am going to probably one of the bad ones that I can afford. And I'm going to get some kid from the youth team Send it, have him start, give him the what? captain's armband and substitute him after one minute because it's my team, just so I can get rid of these ridiculous statistics. Okay. okay. Thank you. We knew that Julian Lopetegui was in serious trouble, Gav, and Sevilla promptly announced his sacking after that defeat after the game. But things were decided before that, right? And is Sampaoli really coming back? So the Sampaoli thing, Fabrizio Romano and others... Uh, uh, mentioning that obviously he's been there before actually yeah he did well he did quite well he did quite well for, for a while. while yeah obviously with sampa there's reasons he left marseille there's always question marks about what's going on inside that bald head because he is a genius but genius sometimes comes from the price I, i'm hoping sevilla did their did their homework yeah uh on him I, i'm just gonna leave it there it's uh, a short contract though until 20 i mean short not that short, actually. 18 months, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to see Sampali. I want to see the best of Sampali. I want to yeah. see him coach. Um, the weird thing with Julian, and I guess this is what happens with this crazy compressed se season, there was no time to do it. He knew, I mean, reportedly he knew before the game yeah. that he was out. Uh, afterwards, he had to give the press conference, which it's is kind of meaningless, but, know. you know, um, or whatever. I, I want to see Lupetegui back one day, too. Yeah. Porto also get their first Champions League win, they beating did. Bayer Leverkusen 2-0. Jules, your thoughts? That was crazy first half when obviously Porto thought they scored and then it was VAR gave a penalty and rightly so for VAR Leverkusen and Patrick Schick missed it and Diogo Costa saved it and then in the second half Sergio Conceição's substitutions worked wonders because Galeno and Zaidu scored both Taremi assists, by the way. What a lovely player he is. I really, really like him. So, well done to Contestao and Porto. And sticking with that game, no more Rico Suave because Gerardo Seuane has been signed by Bayer Leverkusen after that defeat and replaced with Xabi Alonso. Gab. It's his first real job. Yeah. I mean, he was obviously coaching Real Sociedad B in whatever league they play in. Uh, yeah, like... Xabi Alonso is one of those people who you feel like he's kind of like destined, right? Yeah. Because everybody that's holding himself talks about how smart he is. Yeah. He's got the pedigree having played for three super clubs in yeah. three different leagues. Right, coaches. He speaks he languages. He's yeah. intelligent. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee 
of anything. And I think we need to be very clear on that, that we need to make them grow. There's a lot of very, very intelligent people who play for big clubs in different countries who've got the world vision and understand it and and couldn't make it work, Completely. right? So, you know, just because he played for Pep and for Mourinho yeah. doesn't mean he's got all the, you know, it's still a challenge ahead. Uh, but it's I'm excited. Job. It's a big job. I'm excited And it's a big too. job. I, I'm, a big I'm excited. I do feel bad for Rico Suave, but I hope we see him again. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Leipzig also get their first victory, winning 3-1 against Celtic. Jules, uh, you can either praise Christopher Nkunku yeah, again, boy. or you can make fun of Joe Hart. Joe Hart, listen to me, Joe Hart. You cannot pass the ball. We know that you've never been able to pass the ball. This is not what you do. You're a goalkeeper that is not good at distribution. And with the ball at your feet, stop trying to do it even. That cost your team maybe a point, maybe a win, because... If you don't screw it up like you did, and then so was like get the ball, give it to Andre Silva to go 2-1 down, you might not lose that game. It's on you, and that was a terrible I, pass, a terrible idea. I don't know what you were thinking, but that was bad. If I was yeah. Ange, I would be pretty cross. Or or Ange, because he's not he's not French. The man's because Greek. I was thinking okay? about Corsica for something that we said saying oh. earlier. Um, I, I will say this: I, in terms of television drama, if you remember the VAR disallowed the goal. Just before, right? Just before. And so and you have all these pictures yeah. of Celtic fans going not celebrating. By the way, people are like, oh, no, uh, VAR is bad because you can't celebrate. No, but you can celebrate stuff like this. Exactly. Like they were loving it. And then it's so cruel that heart goes and, oh, it was, exactly. it, it was, it was, it was, was also very good. We left them for last. By the way, sorry, while I'm in Leipzig, I'm just kind of shoehorning in this end. I should have mentioned it earlier, but uh, Jesse Marsh, oh, yeah. of course, used to coach. Salzburg, yeah. Um, who we're talking about next, actually. Uh, so I love the randomness of London on uh, on Champions League nights. I'm at the pub. Who do I run into? Never met the guy before. Jesse Marsh's college roommate no, from wait, Princeton. What? From Princeton. Yes. You didn't say hello or speak to a Princeton guy, did you? Uh, no, he he approached me. Okay. Uh, uh, his, his his mate kind of says like like the. He likes the fact that we troll Princeton, as one should, uh, for obvious reasons. But, um, but yeah, no, it was just weird coincidence. I'm sure somebody out, out there mathematically can calculate the probability of Jesse Marsh's college roommate um, and but being I, to you would, in would the, be in the, on a Champions League night. Yeah. Wow. Love it. But, yeah, we, we left them for last, which is, isn't really fair. But Salzburg also lost a ton of talent in the summer. Like Napoli also topped the Champions League group after beating Zagreb 1-0. Thanks to your boy, Noah Okafor. Three goals in three games now. Yeah, I mean, this one was a penalty, of course. Yeah. But um, I say Zagreb are good. Um, I I know they lost this game, but to be able to make it so tight, to be able to make it so yeah, difficult, you know, the, the, the Chelsea win wasn't just a fluke earlier. Um, but yeah, Salzburg, Salzburg get it done. They, they top the group, uh, which I think is significant now. And, you know... It's still psychologically, you still have the situation. Are, are Milan and Chelsea favorites? Of course, one hundred percent. But um, you know, you're not in a bad position yeah, there. No, definitely not. Moises Lorenz and uh, Rodrigo Faez reporting that Barcelona and Atletico Madrid have agreed a deal for Antoine Griezmann, just over twenty million euros. Yeah. So this is good news because it means that the freak show nonsense completely. can end. Yeah. Yeah, completely. It's the end of a nightmare a bit for him. I think it's common sense for the two clubs to find an agreement that suits everyone. It's 20 and not 40 million. Griezmann is going to take a pay cut to come back to, well, to come back permanently at Atletico Madrid and reduce his salary, which is the right thing to do. 
Barca get him off their wage book and all of that is, is great. It was just a mistake to go to Barcelona. He shouldn't have done it. Um, and and now he's back where he belongs and where I think he's going to be much, much happier. So, yeah, so Griezmann, by the way, I, from what I was told, took a really substantial wage cut because... Yeah, massive from then to now and even well, now to the new contract. Uh, because basically, if you're Atletico Madrid, you can just laugh and you could kind of... I find this interesting. I mean, they obviously have all the leverage here, right? Because they can continue with this nonsense. And then at the end of the season, they send Griezmann back with his yeah. wages. And it becomes a serious problem for Barcelona. They could have held out for a lower fee. Barcelona were negotiating. But from what I was told, they didn't want to use Griezmann, have this hanging over Griezmann uh, in this way. Yeah. And so Griezmann, but so Barcelona, you know, sticking to their guns for the fee that they wanted. Um, and he told Griezmann, the only way this happens is if you take another pay cut. Yeah, and he said, yeah. you know what? Good for, good on From what I was told, he basically said, like, I have a lot more money than I have time at the top level. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll do it. Well done, Griezmann. Mm. Gab, we've had some insight into the wide world of agents and intermediaries in football. The Times report that a well-known British agent was arrested and released on bail after sending abusive messages to Chelsea's Marina Granovskaya. So the Times can't name this agent for legal reasons. Um, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Yeah. Uh, I am so tempted because I hate these stupid laws that they have. Oh, no, if you're released on bail, we can't name you. And, that's, yeah, you know, stuff cool. like that. You know, when they give out, like, you know, you saw with the Everton case and then yeah, whatever, yeah. like, you know, like, you're like, you know, a 27-year-old, you know, left-footed man with, like, uh, whatever. I, uh, I am tempted to name him, but I won't because um, I'm not 100% certain. But... Uh, this, I think, is is pretty it's pretty common. We know, and yeah. now I'm going to be clear: not all agents are bad, not all intermediaries are bad. No. There are some who basically engage in shakedowns continuously. People who insert themselves in deals for no reason, or are are inserted in deals by people at clubs who want kickbacks. Right? In this situation, um, I think. This guy's also an idiot because to put this on paper uh, in a text yeah, with yeah. Marina. And by the way, if Marina hadn't left the club, I don't know if these would have come to light. But uh, I'm going to quote, uh, he wants 300,000 pounds for his involvement in some deals for he and his mates. And he says, quote, I will make you pay for the way you have been. That's not a threat. It's a it's a promise. If Chelsea don't pay, it's on you. See, uh, I'll see you when I see you. In the summer, in summary, you owe me and my partners three hundred thousand pounds, which needs to get paid ASAP. If Chelsea don't pay him, then the debt will be on you to pay. I am done trying to be nice to you. I, I mean, this is like out of a freaking gangster film, yeah. and and this is what this is what club officials. So there, there are there are fees that clubs have to pay to official agent that which which are written in contracts, which officially that clubs pay. Yeah, we're talking, you're talking pay, about official agents. You're talking about yeah. agents who are. Uh, who are representing the players exactly. or when the transfer fee is done, it goes through the FIFA's so-called TMS system, yeah. the transfer matching system. You have to put who the agents and intermediaries so involved if, are. And if clubs don't pay, which sometimes it happens, yeah. you go to, to FIFA or to UEFA and they, you know, they sort it out for you. But, and this is, this is very different. This is something that clearly this intermediary or this agent believes that the club owes him, but it can't be on paper black and white. Otherwise, the club would, no. I think, pay it. So it's, it's lawyer, one of those... His lawyer apparently reported, you know, the Times contacted him and he reportedly said, um, I'm, you know, de denying the charges against him. But, yeah. you know, if there's an email, there's an email. Yeah. Luis Suarez is currently in Uruguay at Nacional. This is the famous Luis Suarez, yes, not, the, one, one not one of the several Marseille. other Luis Suarez. Uh, but he's been linked with a move to the LA Galaxy after the World Cup. Does this make sense? Well, we know that he was going to go back home to Uruguay and Nacional just to stay fit until the, the World Cup with, with Uruguay. And that after that, his contract will end and he will maybe go somewhere. So maybe stay, but we're not sure. I think MLS does make sense for him uh, for the new season. Uh, I think he still has a lot to offer at that kind of level. No offense to MLS listeners and stuff. You know, it's, I think he could still do a good job there. Uh, and I think he knows that maybe Busquets and Messi and others are going to also come and it could be have a... They can't all go to Inter-Miami, no, can they? No, they can't all go to Inter-Miami. So. Hey, I was curious about this because I always wondered about whether Luis Suarez, whether old Luis Suarez, you know, at what point it would kind of stop working for him. I mean, look, he yeah. scored double-figure goals for Atletico Madrid and whatever. But I just wonder, because, you know, he's not 
he's not one of those guys. He's not like Iguain, where you say, okay, well, technically he's so good that even if he doesn't run or he can't run as much no. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. With Suarez, you know, you you have that grit, you have the intelligence, you have the mentality. You had for a long time the athleticism, which inevitably is going to go yeah, when you're it's older. Not that anymore. So I, I I think it's an interesting choice. Yeah, it would be. Atalanta will find 120,000 euros for abusing Fiorentina president Rocco Comiso and goalkeeper Pietro Terracciano. In the game uh, at the weekend, Gab, are you okay with this? So again, to recap, we've touched upon this before. They were fine because uh, these slurs against people from the south of Italy were used by the Atalanta fans. Um, there's two ways to look at this. right? Here in England, if you've ever been to a game, especially in London, involving Liverpool or Everton, you will hear slurs about people from, from Everton yeah. um, or, or, or from people from the city of Liverpool, yeah. people from Merseyside, right? Uh, Scousers, as, yeah. as, as we call them, right? Um, and they're all jokes about them being poor and, you know, e eating out of the trash can and eating dead rats and whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, for somehow in England, that's banter, right? Nobody has ever been prosecuted oh, or child, arrested, yeah, yeah. right? Some people say that's fine because it's just banter. Because people from from there, you know, they, they talk to Londoners and they, you know, they use other slurs. They use homophobic slurs against Chelsea fans, called them Chelsea Ramp Boys. And you know, then then Leeds comes down and you know, you're ner dirty Northern blah blah. I think the difference is that in Italy, we have an actual law on the books which prohibit which prohibits this. And it's been applied sometimes when people sing songs about Naples and the volcano. But it doesn't seem to get applied to individuals. Now, my question would be this. Uh, since this is covered in the same statute that covers homophobic abuse yeah. and covers racist abuse, and the reason it's in the same statute is because there is a history of discrimination from the North against the South in Italy. Um, would you have fined 120000 if Rocco and Terracciano were black and this was racist abuse? Sadly, I think the answer is probably yes. Mm -hmm. And that is what's wrong. Yeah. We need more serious punishment I for know. this. And if you're going to put a law saying that we're going to treat these the same way, you have to treat it the same way. The 120,000 is messed up. Yeah. But you, you, you can't go and I, I, this, this has to end at some point. No, I, agree you know? with you. I agree. Eric Ten Hag says Cristiano Ronaldo is not happy with being benched. Oh, really? Jules, I feel like saying thank you, Captain Obvious. Oh, my word. I, I no, no, think... Let's not pick on Ten Hag. Yeah, we'll let's pick you. on the moron who asked the question and turned it into a headline. I will yeah. say, uh, Ten Hag said thank you, City, for the lesson on, uh, on Sunday. I will say thank you, uh, Ten Hag, for this completely useless and pointless uh, sentence about Cristiano. <laughs> Federico Chiesa is back at training for Juventus. Gab, he can move the needle, right? Yeah, if we get the real Federico Chiesa and he's back and he's fit, uh, he can definitely move the needle. Uh, I think I still think it's going to take a long time. It's a bad injury. He was out for a very long time. I also wonder, you know, what's how's the leg? What's the leg going to do? And I know again, I'll be Max is here. Ah, it doesn't matter. You just put the good players on the pitch. They figure it out. It's not about tactics. Ah, let me just see all us, all us coaches. Like we talk about tactics and philosophy. It's all nonsense. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it does matter, yeah, of course. Maybe. And uh, so I'm curious with Kostic now there. Um, and obviously you've got Di Maria. Yeah. You know, how is he going to go and, and project this whole thing? Pogba, I presume, will be back at some point yeah. too. All these bits fit together. But it's exciting. We're it's exciting. Seeing. It'll be interesting because, of course, I think he says it doesn't matter. Exactly. He's tactics. Croatian manager Zlatko Dalic just completed a 120-kilometer or 70-mile pilgrimage in three days from his hometown to Medjugorje, which is a site that some Catholics consider holy. Uh, Jules, he's covering all I his bases. I love this story. I love this story. Remember in 98, Croatia, the manager had this little picture of the Virgin Mary uh, in, you know, always with him. And and I think that is just like before the World Cup, bring me some success, bring me some luck. Going on the pilgrimage is a lovely idea. So well done to him. Yeah, I, I, I like it because it seems really kind of genuine yeah, on his exactly. part. That's what you know, he was photographed at the end, but it's not like it's not like he had live cameras yeah, follow, following him. He seems to be a devoted person. If, yeah. if you know, if you believe in this, many many people do. I because agree with you completely. Medjugorje, it all goes, by the way, I'm just a little aside. This all goes back to like when Yugoslavia was part was a communist country, when it was all one country. Um, people said that they saw apparitions of the Virgin Mary. Sometimes, I think some people are still alive because this is, quite recent yeah uh some people say they still see her occasionally and 
people get comfort and it gives them, you know, from going on a, on a pilgrimage exactly. there. Um, so I think this is pretty sweet. It's good. Women's football in the United States, Gab, has been rocked by a report that found systematic emotional abuse, bullying and sexual harassment within the game. The investigation by lawyer Sally Yates found that U.S. soccer and the, the NWSL failed to provide a safe environment. So I actually, one of the reasons I stayed up so late last night and I'm unshaven today is because uh, I felt the need to read these, this entire report. It's 319 pages. Some of the stuff in there was already out there because of the excellent yeah. uh, reporting from uh, Meg Linehan at, at The Athletic and also um, uh, Carlisle and others uh, at ESPN. There's an E60 documentary out there talking about it. But a lot of the stories focus on individual on individual coaches, you know, yeah. we, we've mentioned this guy, this guy Riley, when he was at, at Portland. Uh, others who've, who've who've used, who've had inappropriate relationships, sexually charged relationships. There's also a whole section in there on just people being abusive, people being abusive, yeah. bullying, verbally abusive, yeah. using bad language. Um, and in the report, they say we're only focusing on NWSL, uh, and it's important because obviously at the time NWSL. Even they were directly run by the U.S. Soccer Federation. Uh, now, obviously, U.S. Soccer Federation typically regulates NWSL. Uh, but they say this goes down to youth soccer, especially with women. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think uh, to me, this calls for another investigation. Uh, like we, we've all played sports at, at some level. You played football higher level than I did. There is some idea of the hard but loving coach. But we've also kind of recognized that. There's lines that can't be crossed. Mm. You know, we, coaches abusing, using certain language to motivate their players. I, first of all, it's kind of stupid. It doesn't really work. But secondly, um, it's a different dynamic as well, I think, yeah. when you're talking about women and young girls. And if this goes back to youth soccer, I'm just glad this came out now. It does appear as if a bunch of owners ignored this simply moved people around yeah. a little bit like, you know, Catholic Church used to do with pedophile priests. Uh, that's not a good look. They no. need to seriously look at this. No. Um, and it certainly does feel as if the NWSL was a case of like, oh, yeah, let's have a women's professional league without, you know, hu proper human resources, without proper safeguarding, without proper rules in place. You know, uh, yeah, I, th I think there's a lot to reflect on. And, and I'm glad that it's all out in the open now. And uh, now we can judge people for not acting because nobody can say, oh, we don't know, we don't have the information. No, no, it's all there. It's 319 pages. Now, there's reports that some French cities are refusing to show World Cup games in Qatar on public big screens, you know, like in village squares and yeah. stuff, as we often yeah. see. That's right. Uh, as we usually see during big competitions. Yeah. Uh, is this because it's too cold in France in December <laughs> and you guys are all too wussy and so you'd rather stay inside? Oh, I can't believe you're thinking it could be that. No, there's a protest. It's a boycott, they're saying. I mean... If you're Paris and your football team is, is owned by Qatar and you're the mayor and Hidalgo and you go to the Paris de France every game, home game, pretty much, and you sit next to Nasser Al Khalifi and now you said, well, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to uh, broadcast your World Cup right. in my cities on big screen as the Hotel de Ville or the Tuileries or the, the Eiffel Tower, which is usually where you have big screens. It's a bit, come on. Uh, you know, but this is it's Paris either you too? don't accept Qatar's money at all or Qatar's involvement in anything, or you do, but it's a bit, it's, that's the criticism right now in France. It's like, okay, it's one thing to boycott Qatar and their World Cup, so, but sorry, yet I just you accept their money. These aren't like smaller cities and villages around France. No, Lyon, Paris, Marseille, Toulouse, Bordeaux, I think, and another one that I can't remember now. It's big. I don't know if you will, they're really going to do it. Wouldn't have, Sarkozy would have never allowed that to happen. <laughs> Probably not. The Spain-Portugal bid for the 2030 uh, World Cup has become a Spain-Portugal-Ukraine bid, Gab. What do you think of it? I, this is obviously done as a publicity stunt to curry favor. The proposal is, you know, oh, look, you know, let's be nice to Ukraine. Yeah. Look, I, I think the way you can, if you want to help Ukraine, help Ukraine now. Uh, not like, oh, in X At many least. years, you know, th this feels like a little shill to, mm. to Ukraine. It feels a little bit empty. Um, then again, I look at these other bids and <laughs> Egypt, Greece and Saudi Arabia, like the tri-continental bid. That's who they're competing against. Yeah. They're competing against Morocco, who seemingly bids every year at infinitum. Like, yeah, they never, uh, I never win, get it. Yeah. Um, and the South American bid, which, you know, originally, I, I like this because, you know, 1930, it's the 100th yeah, anniversary. 
but it's Uruguay, Argentina, Chile, and Paraguay. Now, I've been to Argentina. I know it's obviously a 32-team World Cup. I know Uruguay is small. Um, do you really need to involve four countries in it? Uh, know, it seems countries. like... So yeah, 48, yeah. It's... Yeah, I know that's what you go with the 48-team World Cup. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think a lot of people again? are getting PR now. Will huh? we know soon? Or when, when, when do they... No, vote? no, we still have some time. We still have some time. Okay. And I think the Spain, Portugal, and Ukraine bid, I still think is probably favorite simple because Europe, as in terms of Western Rotation, Europe, which is yeah. where the money is, well, not, you know, I really hasn't hosted a World Cup since since Germany in 2006. Yeah. And I think that, that weighs pretty heavily, especially as far as sponsors are concerned. Yeah. Right, Jules, that brings us to an end. But we got to come back on Monday. Or oh, rather, what you come back on Monday. I will. I'm taking a few days off. I'm going to France, actually. Mont <laughs> yeah, Saint-Michel. Of course. Lovely place. Uh, and, uh, but you'll be in the company of Nader Manua. That's right. Very well taken care of. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 